Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Have you ever thought, gosh, I'd love to start my own radio or podcast, but I have no idea how to do it? Or are you a seasoned veteran who wants to level up and improve all aspects of your show? Well, I will be working with a select few to help you either start or polish your show. These are a few topics I will teach you. How to create your brand and how to be specific with your niche and your audience. The types of equipment you should use to help you improve the quality of your audio and your video. I'll teach you how to get your show aired on most podcasting platforms, as well as give you an option to create a video podcast. I'll teach you which recording platforms are best for your needs, as well as teach you the importance of having a show clock. The do's and don'ts of writing your own show notes that will help increase the reach of your audience and generate traffic to your website. I'll also introduce you to some of my contacts and previous guests. I'll also be offering a select few the opportunity to broadcast your show on my platform and have access to my three and a half million listeners. So if you're ready to start or level up your show, then visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James and sign up today. It's time, my friend, for you to stand out and share your message with the world. Once again, visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James to get started today. My guest today is Jeffrey A. Martinovich, who is a first Gulf War veteran, MBA, and founder and CEO of MICG Investment Management, a billion-dollar wealth management firm. After the 2008 financial crisis, Jeff rejected three government plea offers, resulting in a 14-year prison sentence. Yet the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals reversed it twice, two U.S. District Court judges were removed, and after nearly seven years, he was released to home confinement, and in May in 2020... He's began rebuilding his life. In today's episode, we talk about his book, Just One More, The Wisdom of Bob Vukovic. That reminds us that the more we celebrate other people's success, the more we can achieve our own goals. Welcome to Lifeology. Thank you. Thank you for having me, James. I am looking forward to this. I don't think you know my background, but um, so as, as a psychotherapist, my practice in DC was also psychotherapy, but it was also forensics. And so the forensics aspect of it was I would have to determine if people were competent to trial. I would do competency evaluations. I would do risk assessments and I would do all of that on my practice up there. So when I read this information, I was like, well, clearly none of that applies to you because there's not, <laughs> there's no mental health aspect of there as well. So how is it for you though, to have had so many so much press in your life, some amazing press and then some press that isn't so good. To be on the other right. side of all those allegations, how is it for you to just live right now, just to be? It, it has been uh, quite a journey. Um, mm-hmm. I think the key every day is to be incredibly thankful that I am out here now, first of all, thankful that uh, I have incredible opportunities work-wise mm-hmm. with my family and uh, and how I kind of handle it is I try to get stronger every day. Just, you know, this yeah. tiny little bit. I try to get better physically, 
intellectually mm-hmm. and emotionally, spiritually. And, and I say to myself, like, if I can just do that every day, a tiny, tiny bit, tomorrow's going to be better. And yes. so I try not to catastrophize. One of my mm-hmm. one of my favorite words is, you know, start <laughs> thinking about it too much. Yeah. You know, you got to use some brain compartmentalization to shift uh-huh. all the bad to the side. And just every day try to do as much good as possible, much forward progress as possible. And tomorrow's going to be better. Yeah. Yeah. And well, first off, before we get started, I wanted to say congratulations on the birth of your daughter. I'm sure that's phenomenal. Thank you know, going you. through all the things you've gone through and then all of a sudden I have this beautiful. It's, been, it's unbelievable. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. That's great. <laughs> that's awesome. Let's jump into your book. Just one more, The Wisdom of Bob Vukovic. Tell me more about that. Well, I had written a business book about 45 chapters. I call it Icarus from zero mm-hmm. to a billion to zero. So that's, you know, not a lot of people have that story. And about 25 of the chapters were about making the billion dollars. And Mm -hmm. 15 of the chapters were all the mistakes that I made on on the way down. So what I've tried to do, but then I had these like 15 other chapters, which was great wisdom from mentors that I've been lucky to be around and in life and living a life of class and grace. And they weren't really business lessons. They mm-hmm. were more life lessons. Mm-hmm. And so we create, started to create this book, Just One More, and uh, it all developed in that. And then it, I used a narrative parable type yeah. of format because certainly we've all heard that we as humans learn best from listening mm-hmm. to stories. Exactly. And that's kind of how it all started to come together. And we've just been so fortunate, you know, with the reception it's received. That's amazing. I was looking at the rankings on, on Amazon. You've done incredibly well. So congratulations on that as well. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, just one more. What does that mean? Well, that's a good question. It's really started out as kind of a joke years ago. We we actually owned a part of a bistro here in Norfolk, Virginia. Mm. Okay. And uh, so when it was time to go home, we would say just one more, but then I've got to go. <laughs> and and it really it really morphed into more of a metaphor through this yeah. challenge of my last decade, like mm-hmm. just one more time that everything's denied, just one more time to get yeah. up off the campus, just one more challenge we got to get over for everything to be okay. And so it seemed to be a pretty good metaphor, a pretty good tagline for the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it makes sense, you know, thinking about my, my own life being at a bistro or being at a neighborhood joint, you know, it's more that I, I get that just one more, just one more. And then that whole concept, I can see how that can eventually lead to this life being too overwhelming at times. But I, I like, you know, like you said earlier, the reframe you had as far as if I can just do just a little bit more, a little bit more next day is going to be right. better. You know, I always think of it like this every day, if we, if we compartmentalize things into 25 or 24, 24 hours, Every day is a reset. So every day I have the strength I need and I only have to worry about the strength I need for today's situations. Tomorrow's concerns are going to be another level of strength, another level of intuition, another level of whatever it might be. So if I can just look at 24 hours or really more than 16 hours I'm awake during the day, <laughs> then I can say, right. okay, I can accomplish anything within these 16 hours because I have the strength and the fortitude I have just for today. And the more you can break that down into the sm- smaller increments. So sometimes it can be, I can only do this next hour. I can get through this hour. I have the strength I need for this hour. So everybody can compartmentalize it or change it to whatever time frame they want. But that's how I look at it. So I know every day when I wake up, I have what's in me and I will be able to conquer and overcome everything that comes my way that day. 
Absolutely. You, you know, somebody told me uh, when I was kind of just starting this challenge and mm-hmm. and even for lots of us that are, you know, pretty well good at time management, mm-hmm. when you go through things like this, you know, it's, your inbox is just so overwhelming. Oh and it seems like every human on the planet has your cell phone number. <laughs> so <laughs> and, and you just, you know, you, you have a little nervous breakdown every day. And so the the one person told me, all you can do every day is get as many things checked off your list, then pass out and go to bed, you know, and wake up tomorrow and do it again. And if you kind of just exactly as you said, if you kind of frame it in that mindset, it's it's almost manageable. Like, how do you eat an elephant? Exactly. Yeah. It's that yeah. same concept. And I, so I, I agree totally. From a psychological approach, another way to kind of look at that is anytime we feel anxiety, we what, anxiety is usually related to something that's happening in the future. And so when we think about something in the future and we think too far out with our mind's eye. So for example, if I'm thinking about something that's happening tomorrow, my mind's eye is perceiving 24 hours ahead of my future. What may or may not happen? And so what you do is to reduce the anxiety is you bring your mind's eye back to a time frame when you don't feel that. So if I, in 24 hours from today, so at the time of this recording, uh, it is 120 right now. So if, if I'm feeling that 120, 24 hours from now, that's too much. Let me move my mind's eye closer to maybe 10 a.m. tomorrow. So if I think about what happens at 10 a.m. tomorrow, what I think is happening, and I don't feel anxious, okay, well then I can plan that out. But that's a way to reduce the anxiety is just to pull your mind's eye back to a time frame when you're not thinking about the thing that causes the anxiety and therefore it reduces the anxiety significantly. I, boy, I love that. I love that. When, uh, when I was away at prison, I certainly had a little bit of extra time to, for meditation and trying to be more present. Um, mm-hmm. because certainly I, you know, would, would worry about everything that's coming. Of course. Um, and, and it, at least just those couple of moments a day lowered the blood pressure just enough, you know, to fight the battle tomorrow. Yes, exactly. The mindset that you had prior to going to prison, you thought of yourself one way. Now walk me through the first couple of months, the first couple of years you were in prison. What changed with how you saw yourself pre-prison and during prison? Right. So pre-prison, I'd, I probably was uh, extremely confident, uh, had had a lot of success, sports, the military and business mm-hmm. and financially. And so uh, not a lot of fear and a lot of success. And I think, you know, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy and mm-hmm. that propagates more and more success. And when you go through something where you lose everything, you know, you lose your not only everything materially, because I went from the top to exact 0.00, literally, yeah. but you lose your reputation, your family so much, everybody you know, and, and you really have destroyed everything that you really are. So you start at ground zero again, kind of a blank slate. Mm-hmm. And when I was in prison, one way that I tried to handle that was I thought, you know, gosh, I've, I've lived an incredible life. I've traveled the world and I've, I've had incredible relationships. So even if nothing ever got better, my life has been amazing. And so I started making lists and these lists, and I talk about it in the book. Um, I just write down all these great things that have happened to me in my life and all these great things I've had. And, and that started to kind of give me a little confidence back and give me a little self-worth back. Mm-hmm. 
And then what happens is you start saying, you know what, maybe my life's not over. And then I start writing a new bucket list. You know, here's all the things I want to do forward. So then that takes your mind's eye, like you're speaking of, and that shifts it towards the future. And it shifts because a lot of people in prison or a lot of people that have lost everything, they have zero hope. And there's Mm -hmm. just, they don't even speak of the future because it's too painful. So to, so to keep yourself out of the despair and the depression, you have to believe in some grand design that you're going to be out of this eventually. Never happens yes. in your own time frame or what you think. And so writing things down and making all these lists helped me kind of start to feel better about myself and have a little self-worth that I could build upon every day to get a little stronger for hope forward. That's amazing. We often hear about gratitude. And so sometimes people are like, oh yeah, I've written a gratitude list and I've, I've done this and I've done that, which, which is great. But there's a difference between little, the little G gratitude and actually what true gratitude means. And you actually did this yourself. When we think about life and we have all these feelings and anxiety or whatever it might be, our body is, let me back up. So in psychology, we teach that whatever you perceive to be true. In other words, what you think about determines what you feel. Right. What you feel determines what your body does. So when it comes to gratitude, if my life is going in a way that in the moment I'm feeling a certain way, if I do what you did and I start to focus on a memory that was, that I really enjoyed, that always brought me joy, that brought me peace, that brought me whatever emotion I want to feel. When I think about that, but, and, and allow myself to really feel it. And what I mean by that is when you can viscerally feel something by using all of your internal five senses. So your sense of sight, sense of hearing, sense of taste, taste, sense of touch, sense of smell. When you use all five of those, when you go into your mind and really think about that, the longer you can sit with those five senses as you live the moment, all of a sudden, once again, your thoughts determine your emotions. Then all of a sudden you have these feelings of joy, of gratitude, of peace. And then what happens, which is really cool, and all of a sudden your body starts to produce dopamine. Dopamine is one of those neurotransmitters that makes us feel really good. It gives us determination. It gives us motivation. It gives us purpose. It gives all of that. So what you did was actually create a a list of gratitude and you sat with those memories and allowed your body to recalibrate and reproduce the dopamine your body needed. So therefore you could then say, okay, what does my future look like? So this is a wonderful example for all of my listeners right now and viewers is when you are struggling with something, you can do exactly what Jeff did and you can think about something and use all of your mind's five senses. And the more you sit with that, all of a sudden you'll see that your body starts to produce something different and you start to feel better and you start to feel joy. And then from there, then you can go to be solution focused and future oriented. And that will allow you to then go to the next day or the next moment or the next whatever. And then if you struggle again, you find another memory, the the same memory or a different memory. (laughs) Keep doing it over and over again and you rewire your brain's chemistry. Fantastic. I agree. And I even uh, following some Tony Robbins types of things Mm -hmm. is that, you know, why even looking into the future, it's not really that Ferrari we want to acquire. It's the yeah. feeling we have when we have that Ferrari. Exactly. So we can choose psychologically to have that feeling, even if we aren't there yet. And so exactly. that was that second step that you are so right on that if I felt like I'm going to be successful again, and I'm going to rebuild for my shareholders and myself uh, and get more self-worth back, then you start mm-hmm. to actually feel it. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Exactly. I agree. What the person, the person today, let me back up the, the comparison, the juxtaposition between pre-prison and today, what's different and what's the same? 
Well, certainly uh, the the stereotype lots of times in the movies is, you know, we were this terrible person before and <laughs> we were want. the we were the wolf of we were the wolf of Wall yeah. Street and you know yeah. and now we found religion and and we're like a great person forward. Yeah. And I think what I what I discovered through this process, even in prison there, there were there were a lot of really great gentlemen there who who were already good people. And mm. uh, but it certainly does help you recenter on your gratitude and mm-hmm. um making sure that you're living every day and maximizing every day because you have freedom. You know, we, we certainly take freedom for granted. Uh, Years ago I had cancer and was fortunate to get through that. And afterwards I would say this prayer every day, you know, please Lord, let me keep this feeling as long as possible Mm -hmm. because this helps me, you know, master this day so much better. And of course what happens over the years, you, you get into the rat race and you forget yeah, about that and you, and you whine about everything. And, and in one way, having this, this collapse experience really kind of gave me that same feeling back. And I think the secret mm. is, you know, can I be strong enough to keep that gratitude every day? And it's not just feeling great that I'm here, but it's also like re-energized to maximize, you know, we, I think we didn't come down to the planet to hang out, get retire, go fishing. And then that was it. (laughs) You know, I think we came down here to maximize it and blow it out as much as possible. Um, the, the, uh, uh, I forget the, the, uh, the poem, you know, slide into our grave, scarred and battered and beaten in our body. No, I've not heard that. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I think that's the objective. And so I think that has really helped me refocus yeah. and energize on that. And, you know, maybe try to do it twice as better, twice as good as before. Yeah. And I'm sure you will. When looking at your book again, just one more, The Wisdom of Bob Vukovich. I, I really do like the parable of that. I, it's, you know, I guess going with the, the bistro that you had, you know, a young man comes in and, and he meets this, this Bob Vukovich, Vukovich, who then gives him all this information. Help me understand the, the different, um, topics that are are in this narrative or in, is in your book, right? I think I think it's a it's a mix of of idealistic looking at life, trying to lead a life of class and grace, mm-hmm. as well as some practical tips. And in I kind of view Bob. People ask me, is Bob a real person? He's he's kind of not really a real person, but I think he's more an amalgamation. Of many mm-hmm. mentors, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of us, a lot of us weren't lucky enough to have that that wise grandfather who told us all yeah. the things we were supposed to know. <laughs> and so, a little bit about this book is is trying to teach young Cole, you know, those kind of life views. Uh, so, some things are like, you know, how to be in love. The top ten re- ways to be in love with a beautiful woman. Because we mm. we screw that one up all the time. How to host <laughs> how to host a golf round? You know some of these practical things that help you lead a life more class and grace. But also on the other side, how to help expand our brain and how to have mm. our eyes open. Because Bob tries to teach him that really, you know, the great majority of what we think is true today, very possibly is not, and history yeah. has shown that many times we are very wrong. And so it's about expanding the mind, having the courage to say, I don't know, 
and being able to be open to new ideas and different types of people and different types of occurrences. Yeah. The type of people, who would be the type of people who would read this book? Well, it, it really has found a very broad section of, mm, of readers. Right. I've, been, yeah. I've, been, I've been really surprised by it. Uh, yeah. you, there's people who have been through life events where they've been on the canvas and they've mm. made it back and they've really enjoyed the story. And then it's, it's one of those things where, you know, if you're not careful, by the time you're done with the story, you might have learned a lot of things that you didn't really <laughs> realize you were learning after the story. Yeah. And then there's and then there's another group that seems to really more enjoy the lessons. And when they mm-hmm. it's kind of like they went to a a business or a life seminar mm-hmm. and took good notes and came away with a lot of actionable takeaways. And so it's been yeah. interesting to listen to the reviews, read the reviews of people uh people enjoy it differently. Yeah. I, I see that as well because I was looking at the different rankings that I had for the different categories. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's pretty broad when it comes to the business development, the leadership, the um, self-help. And so it was pretty neat to see all the different aspects of how your book can really encapsulate all that together and that people can enjoy yeah, it so thank much. You. Yeah, my pleasure. What, what would be the biggest lesson? That's, so as you wrote this, what was the biggest lesson that stood out to you that's, that's in this book? Well, I think, I think the biggest concept outside of the story of perseverance and mm-hmm. resilience that I hope we all do. And, you know, so many people have accomplished so many great things that my small story, you know, is very minor uh, compared to the incredible things people have overcome. I would say that the theme of the book is, you know, want to be constantly learning and constantly open because Certainly, we all know today what we see on TV, what we read in the newspapers, most most of the time, if not at least a lot of the time, is incorrect. It's Mm -hmm. all a narrative and and it's it's a narrative and a story sculpted by others to control how we feel, how we believe, how we spend our money. Uh, what we think is right and wrong. And so I hope it can inspire some people to think for themselves, have the courage to ask, why am I here? And have the courage to say, you know what? I'm not going to believe that just because society is telling me that. I'm going to find my own truths. And I think that's the biggest point. And I, I agree with you 100% because as we know, either we're told something by our environment when we were children. And so that creates a, core, a negative core belief. And so every time life happens, our core belief says, James, you know, you're so stupid, you can't do this. And so if that's the case, then unfortunately we are allowing life, our environments, our own thoughts to really de- determine what that is. And so I'm really glad to see that you help people really focus on who do I want to be? Not what does the world expect of me, but who do I want to be and how can I actualize that? And then how can I do that? That's great. Yeah, that that was a much better summary than I said. <laughs> well, thank you. We only have a couple more minutes here, but I wanted to ask you one of the one of the things that the book does focus on is to really celebrate other people's success. Why do you think that's so important? Well, I I have seen in business and a course in life 
the more we celebrate others and, you know, schadenfreude is the term mm -hmm. for like celebrating others mishaps. Mm -hmm. and, and unfortunately, that's, you know, slips into all of our daily routine. And we're jealous of the person next door who gets the new vehicle or, or the promotion or whatever it would be. But you find these rare people that are like cheerleaders for everyone else. And they're, yeah. they get really true joy out of their friend getting a promotion or someone else getting married or whatever it would be. And as you've seen, the, the karma of the universe, the electrical input, you can either put into this electric grid out there, you can either put electrons out there with negative charges or you can put out protons with positive charges. And that's what comes back to you. Yeah. And so we have seen, and it's been proven in all kinds of studies, that the person who helps everyone around them make more money, do better in business, get into college, get that date, that person ends up living an amazing life. In business, I, I teach our consulting clients, I say, spend your whole day giving referrals to all your other mm. partners and, and clients and you'll never have to ask for a referral your whole day. You know, you see restaurants, right. restaurants all group in the same area in town. And you wonder, why are they all like right next door to each other? But they, they group there and they cheerlead that they hope that all the other restaurants do great because then yeah. they know they will exactly. also. Yeah. And so that's the concept. And, and we have to proactively believe that and think of it every day to act in that manner. And it comes back to us 10 times over. It certainly does. It certainly does. I remember when I was younger, I obviously wasn't who I am today. <laughs> Nobody is. But I remember I, when other people would get success, I'd be like, I can't believe that, you know, I'm better than them with this or that. And then finally I, I had that, you know, that epiphany of, uh, so my higher power is God. And so I was like, God, I don't get this. And I, and I felt, you know, this, he didn't actually speak to me, but just my, my thoughts were, I have more than enough blessings for everybody. You know, do you think that one person getting a raise here means that you can't get a raise or whatever it might be? And so right. it kind of just changed my perspective. And I was like, okay, well, if, you know, the universe, God, whomever is, is, has this, this big, this has control over everything or, you know, is part of everything. Why would I think that my small minded thinking and all of a sudden, you know, it's a surprise to him. He's like, well, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. So it's, it's kind of funny. So the, the, the older I, I am and the more uh, lifeology evolves. I love helping people. I love, you know, if I can connect to people, I always connect people. If I can do something, I enjoy that because yeah. I, I believe in synergy. So the more one person levels up and I can be a part of helping them level up, then I level up. And so the synergy is kind of like, um, uh, like a tornado. So when a tornado happens and the more it spins and all of a sudden it gets bigger and bigger and it sucks other things in. And so when it goes up because of the, <laughs> right. the, the way it spins, I'm like, oh, there I go. And I get to go up as well. So that's kind of how I think of it as well as uh, there's more than enough blessings, more than enough opportunities for every single person. So the more you're excited about it, you will get sucked up into that quote, tornado, if you will, and allows you to level up as well. Yes. The, you know, you see some people have views of abundance and yeah. unfortunately a great deal of people have views of scarcity and, mm -hmm. and we have to change our thinking from just because someone else gets good. It's not taking anything away from me. It's only going to help me. You know, we have to, we have to remember the pie is not finite. The pie is infinite, infinite. and we can keep, yeah. yeah. So it's not like other people are taking slices from us. <laughs> it's really the more we help them have some pie, you know, we will always have that. Exactly.
Well, unfortunately, our time is up. We literally flew through this conversation. Jeffrey Martinovich, if my listeners want to find more information about you and to purchase this book and to work with you, the book, one more time, is just one more, The Wisdom of Bob Vukovic. Where would they find this information online? Right. Most of the sales come on Amazon, uh, but the easiest way is my personal website is kind of the holding repository of consulting, coaching, speaking, the books. And that's just simply www.jeffmartinovich.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being a wonderful guest on my show today. I really appreciate all your expertise. James, thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.